welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at Theater in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. My next guest invented triangles. She is loud. She is abrasive. She is nice when she wants to be. She is Alika Parsons. Hello, motherfuckers. How are, are you? Happy to hear me. Great. How are you? I'm wonderful now that you're here. Oh, I just got here fresh off the boat, like fresh fish sticks. <laughs> yeah. From the dollar store with freezer burn and all. Yeah. Oh my God. You used to do a look like that. Made with organic microwaves. Yeah. Freshly sourced from Kmart. Yeah. Work. So I see you have a booboo on your knee. What'd you do? So the cool story I've been lying to tell people about is that I was practicing some ringing bullshit and fell. But the real story is I had an anxiety attack while sleeping and I need the wall. That's incredible. It had nothing to do with performing out of all the things I do. I hurt every other body part while performing except my knee boo-boo. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Well, we are here to talk about you. Oh my God, I'm ready. And I know that's a really tough subject to talk about. So hard, so difficult. Um, so we're going to start from the very, very, very beginning. Where are you from? I am born and raised Jamaica, Queens. Didn't move here. I came from here. H-E-R-E, bitch. I am from here. Jamaica, Queens. Describe yes. Jamaica, Queens for those who've never been to Jamaica, Queens. Don't come to Jamaica, Queens unless you need something for a very cheap amount of money. Or if you're going to JFK and you want to take a cheaper route. Okay. It's um, it's essentially kind of like, I'm trying to think of a place that you, have you been to Jamaica Queens? I've never been. You don't need to. Um, it's kind of like the shadier side of the Jersey Shore where like they have a lot of little shops and like little cheap things, but like with like the city kind of scariness. Okay. All right. What is, like, the thing you go to Jamaica Queens for? What's the object you buy? Well, I mean, I love living there for the fact that they do have really good wig stores. Mm -hmm. Like, I live... I live on the quote-unquote nicer area, so I'm blessed, not stressed. But, like, if you walk, like, five blocks away from my house, they have, like, really nice wig stores, really nice costumes, like, mad racks. Like, it's very good for drag queens, but at the same time, like... It's not meant for drag queens. Hate crimes are a dime a dozen, so. So, where did you end up going to school? So, I went to school at, um, first I went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Immaculate Conception School, right around the corner. Uh Uh-huh, makes sense for you. At a church, yes. So holy. I was in the choir. I was. You were a choir boy. Choir boy. I was on the basketball team. I almost did band, but I was like, No. Too heavy of an instrument. Instruments are heavy. I don't like that. And then I went from uh, there. I did. I I lie. I'm from. I am born and raised in Queens, but I did go to Jersey for a little bit for high school and a little bit of elementary because my parents were like, "We don't think it's safe if you went to Jamaica High, so let's just we're gonna move for a little bit." And I was like, "Okay." 
totally believe that story. I look back on now and I was like, they were definitely right because of the times. But times are changing, not anymore. But um, so then I went to high school in and a little bit of elementary school in Jersey and Morris County in a little town. I lived in a little town called Mount Tabor. It was the size of a mountain. I lived at the end of the mountain. And like no more than 100 people live on that mountain. So it was like a lot. What was the class size? Of the elementary school, I think was like 60. And then the high school class size, I want to say it was like a little over 200. Yeah, not bad. Not but bad. it was like culture shock because like, you know, when like Queens, like I, it was a private school, Catholic school, so it wasn't that much, but like they were mentally preparing you to like graduate with a class of like 5,000. Right. And it was like the culture shock from going to like, oh, everyone's equal to like, there's 10 people in a room and like, you're special. It's like, who the fuck are you people? Mountain people. So, you finished high school. I went to a vocational high school, too. I was smart. You are smart? Wow. Then, and I did a Head Start college program. I was smart. And what happened? Um, okay, so, hi. This is something I don't really talk about a lot. So, I went, I got, I, while I was in high school, this, I did the Head Start college program, and they were pushing you to go to Rutgers, because it was like a, if you go to Rutgers, and you just maintain a B average, you get to graduate for free, yeah. which I, hindsight, should have take it and jumped on because free college but um i was like no i need to move back to manhattan i need to move back to new york i need to be i want to live in new york i'm a new yorker i'm not just a person whatever so i applied to college to hunter college went to hunter college while was living working full-time at starbucks at the time first i worked at a grocery store then i worked at starbucks i was like i need to make money i need to like go to school i need to make money for school because school ain't cheap so then Starbucks was doing a program where you can go to school online. So I transferred to school online because it was cheaper. They were paying for it. But then Starbucks cut my shifts, and then I was making enough hours to pay for the scholarship. So I don't know where they're like, we, you can't do this anymore. So then I was like, I really want to transfer back to Hunter. But at the same time, I need to work full time to support myself. I need to do... I was at that time doing drag, like, not regularly, but regularly enough that I was like... I want to try to do all of the things. So I felt like if I stabled myself with a real career, like a job that was paying the bills, and then I could always come back to school because I was halfway through. It was like a lot of personal things going on in a lot of life. Like real life hit me and I was like, there will always be time to graduate school. There's always time to go back. I want to graduate by the time I turn 30. But like, yeah, things happen. So drag. Yeah. that's It that's entered your life when you were... In college-ish? No. No? It entered, it entered my life. My first time ever in drag was 15. So in high school? So like in high school. Well, it was technically college because I was a senior in high school, a freshman in college doing the Head Start program. It was a community right. college called County College of Morris. And they had a GSA Gay Straight Alliance. And they were going to do a field trip to Rocky Horror at the Den, which is now closed. It's a gay bar in Jersey probably heard of it it's closed for a reason um miss den though is a nice person such a nice nikki sky blake she's really nice um so they were gonna do they were gonna go do rocky horror but i couldn't go because of my age so i was like they were like oh if we have anything else we can think of that involves drag if you want to see it do it so then they i don't know we're like we're gonna do a drag fashion show to raise money for something that for um sweatshirts that i never no one ever got but um 
like we're gonna do a drag fashion show to raise money um we need people who want to help like if you want to help styling or if you want to like do drag or whatever and at first I had a high school teacher one of my junior year who like watched drag race who talked about going to New York who talked about going to on top and like different like parties and bullshit and was like oh I was like oh I always wanted to design clothes for drag queens I never wanted to be a drag queen I was like I want to make clothes for drag queens I don't look like a drag queen I'm too hairy to be a drag queen I'm too fat I'm too this I'm too that and the teacher my history teacher's name was Mr. Palladino everyone in the class hated him because he was very like picky nitpicky and on edge and very like he literally himself was like Bianca Del Rio like the attitude Mm -hmm. like he loved making get like people look stupid so and I literally was like I remember saying like because he caught we were talking I was talking to my friend about it about like oh yeah this girl on Drag Race last night wore this dress and he heard it he was like oh yeah but the hair didn't match and I was like a teacher talking about drag queens what is this am I in an older dimension so I um after I heard about the fashion show brought the idea to him and I was like should I, like, design for it? He's like, you have to do it. Like, if you want to do it, just, like, f- fuck it. Like, they're saying... He literally in class said, fuck it. And everyone in the room calmed down. He's like, what, you've never heard the word fuck before? Whatever. <laughs> and, like, was like, if you want to do it, just go ahead and do it. So I said, screw it. I'll do it. And my drag name at the time was Chameleon. With a K. With Camille. And Leon, L-E-O-N. Which was now an actual drag queen from Brazil and Manhattan. Now. She was a great person. I love them. But, um, so yeah, I was like, let me try it, whatever. I'll go ahead and do it. And I went to the village, went shopping like crazy, spent $600 on outfits and hair, the shittiest hair of the cutest outfits. Um, two days before the show, my mom found all the stuff, threw it all away and was like, if you plan on transitioning, you can't live in this house. I accepted the gay thing. I will not accept you transitioning. And I was like, mentally, like, this is God telling me not to do drag. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it, whatever. But on the flip side, my dad was like, okay, so we're going to go to Goodwill. Let's You're still doing this. Like, you put, like, obviously, if you're putting the effort in, you want to try it. We're going to Goodwill. So I went to Goodwill. She had $50 in a dream, bitch. The next day was, like, two days later, I went to that show, and I was, like, hyperventilating, asking people to do my makeup, who I've never met before. Her name's Ashley. She was a makeup artist. She's still, we're still Facebook friends. And she was, like, I was, like, can you just do my makeup? She's, like, okay, where's your foundation? I was, like, I, makeup. So she made, like, gave me $20, like, go to CVS, get this foundation. I went, got it, did my makeup, and I shit you not, the minute I stepped on stage, I was, like, this is what I want to do with my life. Nice. It was crazy. So, let, let. Let's talk about the origin story of your current drag name. Yeah. Zalika Parsons. Just me. Oh, okay. This is a really fun story to tell. Um, at this point, if anyone I'm related to listening is listening, please do not watch this. So, I was, I was maybe two years working at Starbucks. I think I was 19. I don't remember. Um, I was, work had just ended and my coworkers were like, oh, we're going to go to a bar to like wind down if you want to come and I was like I can't come I'm 19 I only go to like gay bars because they like know me there because I like go out whatever like they don't know me at that time no one knew me no one cared to know me but um or no maybe it was 17 I don't remember but um and they're like no we're fine they like we go there every week so I went had a lot of shots got really wasted one on my phone one on grinder went to a guy's house his name was Pierre he was a professor from France, who was teaching at NYU. I was like, at NYU or somewhere on Upper, Upper East Side, somewhere, teaching, like, as a guest professor. 
And we did very unspeakable things that a woman would never talk about on the air of radio. But I will just let you know that Pierre could get the job done. It was great. And then when that was done, I was like, okay, it's time to go home. And I was like, he was like, I will call you Zika. And I was like, yeah, but that makes me a prostitute if I do something for money. And he was like, that's not how that works. And I was like, I know it's not, but I'm wasted. And I just left. So I get on the F train. It's about 4 a.m. And I'm sitting on the train platform. And this woman who's like a foot taller than me is in these army boot things that are like six inches tall, pleather leggings, a cunt red leather jacket with this blue big afro pounding down it like it was a runway like it was fashion week and my guess was like i need to get to know her so train opens we go in and i'm like i'm so sorry i'm wasted but you seem amazing like who are you so we were talking and she was like the funniest person i've ever met and she was like i just got off of work i and i was like oh like like do you like professionally dance or something and she's like oh you think i could strip that's so nice uh no she works for the mta as a, to- a token booth operator <laughs> Like, not a token booth operator. She works on the, um, on the, on the bridge. I I know words. And, like, she was like, yeah, no, I'm an operator for the bridge. I'm just, this is, like, after work. This is what I want to look like. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, you're a woman getting your life done. Like, you're doing what you want. And I was like, her attitude and the jokes and her quick wit, I was like, I want to be you. And at Parsons Boulevard, she told me her name was Zalika. So I was like, that's going to be my name, too. So I took Zalika Parsons. And from, from then on out, I was Zalika Parsons. There you go. Describe Zalika in three words, please. I have a sentence. I'll throw, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, fine. No, I'll sentence. try the three words. I'll try the three words. Um, hangover. Pop culture trash. Okay. All right. I, I, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you have any traditions getting ready? I have a few cause I'm neurotic and crazy and I love getting, it's, it, I used to hate getting ready because it got to a point where it was like, I was, I like the performance aspect more than getting ready. But now my traditions are, I do the same routine every fucking time. Shower and shave first, always make sure you got your fresh canvas. Did I make food? I usually order food, but I'm going to try not to order food as much. So I'm not bitching and complaining. And then I start my laundry, do half my face, put my laundry in the dryer, do the other half of my face. And by all that time when the food is ready to be eaten, because usually I used to order food, so I'd be like mid-process stop. I would stop and like for 20 minutes, shut off my cell phone, and put on, like, a funny-ass TV show to put me in a good mood. Nice. I have to watch at least, like, 30 minutes or 20 minutes or some kind of media that's, like, positive to put me in a good mood. How long does it take to transform into Zalika? How much am I getting paid? Well, let's say you have a gig tonight at the house, yes. Oh, bitch, that's mean. No, it's a, it's a joke rhetorical question in the sense that, like, I Zalika, the idea that, like, for, like, a traditional Zalika look, if I wanted to, like, go balls to the wall and I'm, like, like it want it wants to be fully done and like realize me it could take me around i want to say two hours because the face i like taking an hour and a half on i could mm-hmm. take only an hour um but yeah and then 30 minutes to get dressed and pick things out make sure things are clean and make sure i'm ready two full hours is like my timer that i'm like try to be done by 
Um, but I literally have gotten into drag, like for House of Yes, one night I worked, we did like, it was actually last weekend, we did a Gala Galactica, and it was like spaceship and bullshit themed. I literally took all of two minutes, I put Vaseline all over my face, shit ton, a bowl of glitter, put my face in it, picked it up, put on a jumpsuit, and I was done in two minutes. There you are. Do you have any favorite makeup products? Let's get you some endorsements. Bitch, I am a NYX Cosmetics girl. I don't need no money. I don't need no nothing. Um, yeah, NYX Cosmetics and Wet n Wild have been my go-tos recently. Because, like, if you go and do this full-time, you gotta cut budget. You gotta listen. I know people are like, oh, but Wet n Wild, so much money. It's like, it's so cheap. If you know how to bake, set, and correct, you can use anything. I love Wet n Wild's. Their cream foundation right now, they have stick foundation. It's pants stick foundation. It is seven fucking dollars. They sell it at CVS. You get your extra bucks. You can buy the next one for free. It's great. And then everything else, though, like, oh, I'm lying to you. I do have one name brand thing that I love. Um, NYX, the eyeliner, the liquid eyeliner, the Epic Ink eyeliner, I think it's called. That shit works phenomenally. And then for my eyes, I used to only use NYX and blah, blah, blah. But um, the James Charles palette, I know mm-hmm. he's an asshole, and I don't. He's the most annoying person I've ever seen on YouTube. But he knows what he's doing in that palette. Like I literally use it for everything yeah, now. I know a few people with that palette, like, and they said they, it has changed them. It is literally like now I feel like I could use colors because usually other co- my problem is is I don't know if my skin or whatever. Every time I do makeup, it oxidizes. So by the end of the night, you it looks like the same face that I did the day before. But the colors, right. I can see colors now. Yeah, it's a, it's a good product. I can see colors. What was your first gig, and what was the first number you performed? <laughs> it wasn't even... Okay, so my first air quote, air quote gig was... I was like... It was freshman year, so I think I was probably still 16. And it wasn't even a... Well, okay, so no, because the drag fashion show, I will always consider that a special place in my heart. That's technically the first gig that I ever had because I did perform and I felt my life whatever but the first time as the Lika was at a bar called Don Pedro's okay not in service anymore she's out she left the building you killed her it was on 90 I think 90 Manhattan Avenue she's gone now but um and it was a show drag show called Bath Salts mm-hmm. hosted by Macy Rodman and Severely Mame Macy Rodman who's a recording artist now and Severely Mame moved to the place that's in the middle of America but she still does drag and it, bath salts at the time were like the crate, like people like were doing bath salts and just dying away. So they made a drag show called Bath Salts. And the themes of the shows were like headline things or things that made no sense or like, like literal things, like little inside jokes that made no sense for everyone. And I saw the ad on Tumblr and I reached out to the drag queens of Rayleigh really who posted it. And I was like, um, do you guys have security? And she was like, she literally got the idea of what I was asking, so she messaged me back nicely. Very nice, sir. She did not have to do this, and she was like, no, but don't get me fired. And I was like, I get you. So me and my friend went to another person's house. His name's Andrew, and Andrew at the time reached out. I was on Grinder, and I was like, oh, like, what are you up to? And I was like, I'm trying to get into drag, whatever. So he was like, come over. I got you. He had all this MAC cosmetics, all this, like, this nice hair and all this bullshit, and, like, was, like, really trying to get me together, so... I looked so good that night. Like, I've never looked good like that. Like, literally, it's still my Gmail. Like, whenever you get my Gmail, you see that girl, you're like, who the fuck is that drag queen? He did that. All right. So, yeah. Got me ready. Got me to, uh, me and my friend, my good drag sister, Alec Knox, formerly known as Lafriqua, like Queen Latifah, Queen Lafriqua. 
good drag sister. We still work together to this point, like still best friends. Um, got there and like, I think they thought because I looked so good that I knew who the fuck I was, which I wasn't. I really wasn't. Um, they asked if I wanted to do a number and I was like, that is like, this is the, this is the moment. I'm my first time performing on a New York city bar. Like especially in Brooklyn, like Brooklyn for me was where it was always at. Like I did my research online to Brooklyn drag versus Manhattan drag. And I was like, I don't think I could ever be a Manhattan drag queen. And that's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, so it was, I remember it. It was, I think edge of glory. It was either edge of glory or marry the night. Cause, um, there was a giant moon. It was, Bath salts, moon bathing with Mame. Okay. And there was a giant moon. Because she didn't like, she, she's um, a goth, vampy horror, okay. Okay. pinup model kind of drag queen. So it was moon bathing. And I did Marry the Night, and I did my first death drop. I didn't know it was the death drop. But I literally <laughs> jumped. It was, the stage must have been as tall as your ottoman thingy. Mm-hmm. And I jumped off of it onto my butt. It was okay. great. Okay. To you, mm-hmm. what is Brooklyn drag? Drag that is done in Brooklyn. Okay. Well, no, I I mean, it's lost. It's, it's lost what it was. But when back then, like in the early, like early, wow, I'm old, 2013, 2012, even that is late in the Brooklyn drag art because that's when Brooklyn drag was at its, towards its peak or getting to the peak or at its peak. Like it's unapologetic drag. It's kind of like the divine drag. Like why you're doing drag? You're not doing it to be famous, to be on television. It's statement you're, drag. It's statement drag. It's doing it for the heart. Doing it for not caring. You're not doing it for the public media. You're doing it for the people. The people who want it. It's people doing what they want for people who want it. Why is it the right place for you? Um, not allegedly not anymore. But um, I'm kidding. I've done a lot of. Bad things while in Brooklyn. I used to, I I was a teenager while I was in Brooklyn drag, so I was most of the time making adult decisions that I shouldn't have at the such an early age, and I'll leave that to interpretation. But um, I was causing a ruckus. I was acting like a child. But looking back on it, it was the best place for me because it was allowed me to do what I thought was the art that I was meant to do. Sure. So like in the sense that, it, had I've done started drag in Manhattan. I think I would not be doing drag right now to the extent that I'm doing it. Not to say I'm not appreciative for anything I do in Manhattan because I do a lot in Manhattan now and I did a lot in Manhattan while growing up in drag. But like, I just, I, I was so much, I'm so much more thankful that I started in Brooklyn because like the sisterhood and like the ideology and like it's more rooted drag, like drag at its roots instead of it being like, this is a business class, this is commercial, this is important. Like, it's not as, it's serious, but it's not as serious because it's more of about community. And like, I'm, I'm much more a community person. Like, I am emotional as fuck. So like to have that emotional support while going through everything, I appreciate much more than having to like, it being more cutthroat, it's and it, and there is heart in Manhattan. Don't get me wrong, I've seen it, but like, I'm just much more appreciative that I got that nitty grittiness. Yeah, well, we're gonna take a jump in your journey. I'm not jumping. There's a lot of things that happen in between, but yeah, you recently competed in the second season of Iconic. Oh my God, that's the only reason why you wanted to jump was to make it about you. Tell us about your experience in Iconic. 
I was the biggest bitch during Iconic. I honestly, I'm not going to even lie with you. I was looking back at it now mentally, like mentally so entitled and not at, like it sometimes shown and it sometimes outright was out. But, um, overall I said this to you, I said this on stage finale night and I said it to myself and I say it again and I mean it a hundred percent honestly. I knew I wasn't going to win. But I won more than I actually would have if I did win because I showed, proved to myself that I could do, keep doing things that people didn't think I was going to do. I could try new things and soar with them. And most importantly, I taught myself not to care what other people think because I still had a good time. What was the biggest takeaway for you? The biggest, biggest takeaway? Yeah. Was guilt tripping Heidi into making me do more shows with her. Okay. I'm kidding. Um, one of the bigger takeaways for me was the idea that I could actually do this full time. Like me mentally realizing that it was getting, and this is going to sound so bad and I mean this in a nice way, but it, towards the end it was getting a little bit harder for me because I was like, I'm busy because the girls I'm working with are seeing me do these things and they want to book me or because people who are judging are seeing me do things they've never seen me before. They're starting to take me serious in a different caliber. Like what's working with Megami. Like once she saw me performing, she started booking me for her shows and like, or seeing like even Audrey was like getting my humor. Like people who are like Audrey, who are more mainstream drag, seeing what I'm doing, telling me that they get my humor and like my humor. Like it built, it built confidence. Like absolutely. Yeah. The takeaway was, getting the, the the after feeling. That was the biggest takeaway. In the moment, I'm sure you had a lot of regrets. It was really bitchy. Are you, looking back at it, glad you did Iconic? I'm glad I did Iconic. However, if I was to do the whole thing again, I would do it differently. Great. That leads me to my next question. What would you have done different? Yeah, well, what, if, pick one week. What would you have done differently and why? Oh, starting from the beginning, I would have honestly... I did Iconic to do it as how I would have wanted to do it and not care necessarily. I wasn't playing for the judges. If I was to do the whole thing over again and do the whole thing differently, I would have done it as if it was for the judges. Like, I wouldn't have done it for myself. Which I probably wouldn't have had the same takeaway, but if I wanted, like, I would have played more to win instead of played to grow. If if there was a hypothetical all-star season, is that what you would do? Um... We all say that we're going to do it like that and like we're going to, oh, if I could do it differently or if we're going to do all stars, whatever. Um, I think that's how I mentally would go into it and be like, I'm planning to win. I'm going to be a ruthless bitch. I probably would be like, I don't, because also we don't know what the format is, but like if it's like all stars where we eliminate each other, I'm going to be Morgan and be like, (laughs) bye. But no, I'd probably be more like Trixie. Yeah. And be like, let me just... Let me do what I want. I probably would just do what I want to do again. Let's yeah. be real. I don't give would, a fuck. Would, would, would you would you ever consider daylighting? Doing what? Dayla. Oh, and quitting? Yeah. Fuck no. If I'm doing good, I want the money. I don't give a shit. That's fair. So you've had your fair share of working in a lot of a lot of lot of venues in New York. <laughs> um, you 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 worked at the Rest in Peace uh, Boots and Saddles. My baby. Um, but you now um have become a staple at the House of Yes. How did this come to be? High kick. Um, with the knee that's not broken. Um, the House of Yes story is actually a really funny story. So I don't. 
I don't like saying that I work there and not in the sense that it's like I'm embarrassed, but it's like it's knock on wood that I don't want it to end. Um, it's more so that I'm your air quote a resident performer. Sure. That's the title of what it is. But um, how it started was originally, so my good Judy, Maddie, 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 Madam Vivian V. Sorry, I'm just saying Madeline Adder because we're just talking about Dragula, which you should listen to that podcast after this one. Um, Madam Vivian V. and I have known each other for way too long. Way, way too long. I think it was the second Miss BK. It's the, or Mix BK at the time, the one that Aja won. And I was, she was in my prelim that night, so everyone knew I was going to lose. But um, I did a mix about just trying to find a job and working. And I started the mix running through the audience with fake resumes, throwing them at people. But that had had things on it like, can snort cocaine and and uh, things other than a line. Or like, can drink 30 shots more than your grandmother. Good in bed, ask for references. Or things like, like stupid little jokes like that. And I did it to Working Girl by Shangela mixed with 9 to 5. Mixed to um, the previous Miss BK, who was Macy Rodman from that other show. Um, like, it had a snippet of her song in there. And then it went to the audio for Bonquique. We sang, I don't feel like making a, a milkshake right now. So I took, it's a cookies and cream milkshake. So I took Oreo cookies and co- and cookies and cream milkshake ice cream and just smoured all over my body rolling around on the floor in it and I was the only contestant who did not know that you need a tarp when you do that uh. yep you learn things so this was a long time ago now I know that but um so literally and my judges were I think Mocha Light Thorgy Thor and I think the third judge was just some person in nightlife at the time. I don't know if they're still doing whatever they do, but whatever. And I remember Thorgy being like, you are one in a thousand. And don't stop because you're, you're crazy and you have it. You have what it takes. But so for God, you mess up another fucking stage. You're never going <laughs> to get another one. And I was like, Detail taken. Got it. And at the end of the night, Vivian, Madame Vivian V, I met her and she's like, I, I met her at a different gig. It was a different competition. It was for the makeup brand, um, Apocalyptic, whatever. Mm-hmm, the, sure. For Abracadabra's old makeup line, whatever. And Vivian was competing that night. And mid-competition, she looked at me and she's like, I remember you from Miss BK. I think you're fucking insane and incredible. I want to book you and work with you. We are going to be friends. And in that moment, that's when she said all the way back then, we worked with each other for years, three years, three years, three years, and now she has a show at House Yes. It's once a month, first, the second Wednesday of the month, called Hot Mess. And it's the premise that you could do whatever you want, drag is art, whatever, go crazy, get messy, being creative, and the audience decided who wins, winner gets 100. So in December, I did the, last December, I did the Hanukkah version. Naturally, of course. Never, I'm not Jewish. I was the only contestant who wasn't Jewish. And, um, yeah. So that was my first time at House Yes. I went, met all the staff. Everyone was amazingly nice. Um, and it's a vibe like I've never had felt before in nightlife. And I performed my Bitch I'm a Cow mix, which you've seen before. Mm-hmm. And I, to make it Jewish, I took dirt. I took <laughs> gold um, face paint spray uh-huh. and painted myself gold because there's the Jewish tradition of the gold cow. Like, that's a story. I did research. And then... 
during the MILF money part of my mix, I took out the gold coins and just threw them in the audience. Okay, yeah. And then, so I made it past the preliminary part, and then they had a lip sync for your life, and it was to, um, say, sava, 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 sav, 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 I don't know the words to this day. That, yep. It was yeah, that. a little different. Okay, yeah. Oh, you're Jewish. I am Jewish. Yeah, so it was that. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know the words, but I put a giant menorah on my head and I performed it. And I won, motherfuckers. Look at you. So then, yeah, so after I won that, Viv asked if I wanted to be her assistant for one or two of the other hot mess nights. I met one of the managers there. His name is Justin Ketchner. He is an amazing, insane, crazy, if you think I'm crazy, he's, we're the same kind of crazy, but he's more vocal about it. And I was, we were working, I was doing stage managing that night because they, Viv freelanced me to do it because she said she really wanted me to work with her on the night. And Justin was, Justin was working that, working that night and I didn't have time to get ready because I was also Viv's assistant that night. So I literally did a quick beauty, air quote, beauty makeup and just wrote art on my forehead. And Justin looked at me and he's like, I like, I'm just like a crazy person. I took out my eyeliner and wrote fart on his forehead. And I'm like, now we're (laughs) twins. And after that night, like he was just like, no, I want to work more with you. I worked there one night and then it just clicked. What is the best part of your house of yes gig? Oh, that just, that's the question. Hey, Um... The idea that it's honestly, it's the ideology that it's, it's a, the first place I've ever worked that it's artists supporting artists. Sure. Like I've never left there feeling negative, mad, unhappy, anything, especially with the um, hot mess. Any contestant could c- confide with you that while doing it, you're, it's literally like, it's not a competition. It feels more like a showcase. Yeah. We're just one, someone magically, one person wins. There's no hard feelings. It, it makes you want to do more. It makes you feel like you're a part of something that's bigger than you are. So yeah, it's just the idea, the ideology of artists supporting artists. Cause I've never felt in such a venue when I say an idea out loud and people look at me like, yeah, you're crazy. I've never had so many people be like, well, we can do this to this, this to that, that to this, this to this. Like the other day I texted Viv and I was like, I have an idea for a performance where we just float in air for a couple minutes. She's like, I'll talk to the people and we're going to rig it. We're going to do it. I'm like, cool. Great. So I love the fact, like I lo- artists supporting artists. Oh, and I also like the idea that we have so much random shit. Cause every time you go there, it's like a giant, like. Where's Waldo? But you find random shit every time you're there. Nice. What New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Mm, what New York City drag queen that I've yet to work with is on my dream list? Um, normally... Um, Pixie. Yeah, she's wonderful. I've never worked with her, and I feel like we're two totally different. Absolutely. But, like, I feel like that would work, and I also think I want to, like, I've seen her Instagram stories, and I've seen, heard of her, and, like, what she does. I would want to see how our quick-wittedness would, like, work together. Because I feel like I've just, like, how, not saying this about Dracula or anything, but how, um... When Desestarina was interviewing Priscilla. Maybe. And how, like, literally yeah. the interview was yeah. just, like, it was, they were both, like, running each other yeah. in circles. And it was, like, a shit show. That's, yeah. So it would be, it would be her. 
or it would be Monet because we've never actually Monet exchange because we've never actually work worked together. But we've in passing, she's seen me perform and she's like, "You're fucking stupid," and I like it. So I want to see how we would have a conversation together. We'll see if she'll book you for her talk show. I would love to be on the exchange race so much. I've vocalized this only three hundred times, Monet. So you are the host of a show at Vodka Soda Bottoms Up called Thick Tuesdays. Hey! Tell us about it. Thick Tuesdays is currently the only body positive show in all of Hell's Kitchen. And I say that loosely because I don't really know if that's true. But it is a safe space for people of any race, color, religion, ethnicity, size, whatever. You want to be safe in a room, you're safe in that room. Unless you like Trump, then you can fuck yourself. We always, that's my cheers. Whenever someone has a drink where we play a game, you where you win a free drink. Mm-hmm. We cheers where you say, fuck Donald Trump every time. But yeah, so it's um it's a hybrid drag show game show in the sense that we do traditional drag, but then we do game shows with audience participation where you could win a free shot, a free beverage, but everyone in the city audience wins free donuts and then free pizza. Yeah. Is that what makes your show different than any other show in the world? I mean, I kind of like to think I bring something to the table okay, with yeah, my yeah, personality and shit. But um, I... Can, speaking, like, because the thing with Hell's Kitchen is it's very, and it's, anytime I ever do a show, shit is always expensive. It really mm-hmm. is. You're in, you're in Manhattan. Like, money is expensive. Like, you can't even make a dollar without giving half of it back. So, like, I feel like as though the people who come back aren't the people who come back for the food. Like, I've never had, like, a regular who's like, I'm just here for the pizza, except Megami. Megami, <laughs> Megami has vocalized that she could not pay rent that week and she needed free food. Which, I mean, to be fair also, that I appreciate that because, like, that's part of why I wanted to do the free food aspect. I wanted to do it to promote safe drinking, first of mm-hmm. all. That was my original premise, but I've never said that out loud so people are like, oh, you're, she's right, I'm drinking less, or whatever. But, like, and it also it promotes safe drinking and the idea of eating in a social setting where you don't normally eat and like it's you could be considered uncomfortable to eat like bitch my show's late you're hungry you want to eat just fucking eat something okay no one should be feel unsafe to eat so at your show um you you do this thing where you say if you buy um yourself and your guest um a shot of fireball that they get to um Request a song. Yeah. Aside from my request of Netta's toy, what has been the worst suggestion you've received? Okay. And just for the record, I requested toy from Zalik and Seraphim. They refused to do it, but thought doing Baby Shark was a better option. And were you happy? I was happy. That's all I that matters. It. The customer got what they wanted, what they thought they wanted. Um, so here's my thing. I openly, subjectively, like I literally put the asterisk in the air and I say... We may not know the song, but if you still buy the shot and want us to do it, we will do it or we will come up with something, dedicate you something, make it more fun. Now, that's not always the case. They're like, I don't give a fuck. I want to hear the song. So far, a lot of the songs have been like upbeat or like something we could swing and make or like the chorus is easy. Last week, and it's this—it's a regular customer, a regular, regular person in the show. They're friends of the pod. Um, and... We've become friends outside of the show. Their name is Blaze. They're amazing. They're a human who, like, is a be- very beautiful human. First, they actually bought me knee pads last week because nice. they felt bad about my knee. So I was like, I feel very, like, I felt touched. Touched by an angel. And um, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'll do whatever suggestion because Bla- they've been buying shots every week. I was, And normally their suggestions are, like, really good. Like, spot on. Like, this is a good idea. Tell me how. 
they requested Insane Clown Posse. Wow. And I was like, normally I would be like, okay, bye. But like, I actually know Insane Clown Posse. Because mm-hmm. an ex in high school was upset, like was a juggalo. So I like learned some of the songs. So when it came on and it w- and they were nice. They're like, you could put in the drag suicide because I know the whole song is going to be long or whatever. So I was like, okay, great. So I don't have to do like a minute of it. It came on from my special guest who was Queen Lafrique with Alec Knox from back in the day. And like, they looked at me for a minute and I was like, I put my hand out and I started doing it. And everyone in the room was like, is this something you need to tell us? And I'm like, well, on St. Clown Posse actually did inspire my makeup a little bit. So it was only fair to make that full circle connection. Nice. Everyone in the room hated it, but it was, it, a moment. It, was it got, it got me a shot. So we're going to play this or that. You're gonna Got it. Two options. You're gonna tell me which you you would pick. Got it. Day or night. Night. In or out. Burger. <laughs> Flight or fight. Fight. Yesterday or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Rain or shine. Rain. Thick and juicy or lean and mean. Thick and wait ooh. Thick and mean. No, it's thick and juicy or lean and mean. I said burger for in and out. You let me do <laughs> thin and thick and juicy. White Castle or Taco Bell? Oh, no. No. Wait, the new healthy White Castle? Like, the new healthy Taco Bell menu or the old Taco Bell menu? You decide. Bitch. Um, you know what? I'm going to stick true to my heritage. I live by White Castle, so White Castle. Steak or chicken? Chicken. Spice Girls or S Club 7? Spice Girls. Lady Gaga or Beyonce? Lady Gaga. Manhattan or Queens? Manhattan. Mean Girls or Heathers? Mean Girls. Love or Lust? Love. Dragula or Drag Race? Dragula. Fuck Drag Race. What is your signature number? I want to go behind the music. <laughs> I want to talk about how it came to be and why it is your signature number. Well, that's hard. Because, like, as someone who's been doing this for so long, um, it's, I don't actually have one anymore. I used to, it used to be my McDonald's mix, which the excuse me mix my excuse me bitch mix it's a bunch of Nicki Minaj verses mixed with fights happening at McDonald's mixed with something about bullying and bullshit that used to be my signature number and I don't want to say I did the mix the you're supposed to offer me the extra McRib for a dollar I'm not saying I did it first but you did it first I'm not saying I can't really claim that because I haven't seen it but a lot of the people who I've heard so now are oh but she's been doing it she's doing it she's I'm like She's a new girl who started drag two years ago, and I made the mix four years ago. So tell me how she did it for, but whatever. Um, that's a very popular that I used to do all the time, but I stopped doing it because a lot of the new girls are doing it, and I hated hearing, "Oh well, she does." Oh, that's her mix, and I'm like, "Well, she started drag three days ago, so it's not really her mix." But um, and then my other one of my signature numbers is my Taylor Swift um Trouble, mm-hmm. but the goat version. I love doing that number, and it has become an, a signature. I, I don't do it on Tuesdays as much anymore because Hell's Kitchen people are fragile, and I don't like yelling in their faces as much. I'm lying. I like yelling in their faces. But um, I love doing that number because I, it's audience interaction because I make other people yell for me. It gets funny. And then also everyone either hates or loves Taylor Swift, so it just works. Is there a most requested number of yours that you wish people would stop requesting? It depends on the crowd and the person, because there, there is a few guests that I will have that are like, okay, you're doing this number night, or like, I think Heidi requested a number once, I forgot, but like, I will get like, 
can you do the thing where you, oh, I do um this girl's on fire mixed with a crank anchors call from the old crank anchors where it's a guy who slept with his wife with barbecue sauce, put it on his butthole, and now it's like his butthole's on fire. And like, I do like when dogs boots butt scoot. I used to get requested to do that a lot. And I started putting my foot down because it really ruins your tights because you get, yeah. like, rips in your tights. So I stopped doing it. But, um, yeah, that's it. Where do you find your inspiration when you create mixes? And what came first, this, the music or the clip? It sometimes is, like, a vibrant energy or, like, and not a vibrant, that sounds so pretentious. I used to do it where it was the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, what would Zalika, how would Zalika look at this? Like, one of the first big mixes I ever made, it was for Dragnet, which is a Brooklyn drag competition run by Mary Cherry. And she does, um, she used to do it themed, and the theme was circus. So I was thinking, how are people going to do circus? People are going to do circus with Britney Spears. People are going to do tricks. People are going to do, I'm a lion tamer, I'm this, this. And I was like, well, who is my, one of my favorite, like, I love Disney, so I like Dumbo. And I was like, okay, so if I went to Dumbo and I could be an elephant. But then I was like, no, but elephant's kind of obvious because it's an animal zoo. And then I had been thinking I wanted to do a mix about a drunk flight attendant, which I know Heidi has her flight attendant mix. I understand that, whatever. <laughs> Me and Heidi were not friends at this point. It did not count. Which, who actually, Heidi was one of the people I wanted to work with in New York City for the longest time. Now I know her and she's not shit, but whatever. Um full circle I wanted to do a drunk flight attendant mix I thought it'd be so funny because I was watching the movie I think Soul Train or Soul Plane or whatever and like or some movie it might not have been Soul Plane but I remember seeing a flight attendant lose their shit and I was like okay I want to mix out a flight attendant losing their shit and Dumbo and I was like well Dumbo flying with his ears what if Dumbo couldn't really fly with his ears what if he had to use a plane so I made a mix about Dumbo from the song from Dumbo, I'm out do everything when I see an elephant fly as an elephant singing that song. Then with clips, I was like, okay, where I need flight attendant clips. And I was like, where would I get a flight attendant clip? And I just watched the movie that morning, um, Bridesmaids. And I was like, oh, she loses her shit on the plane. Yeah. So I mixed that and she had to get wasted to be happy. So I mixed that with Drunken Love because it was like, what pop song is. It's kind of like how I do it is, is I get the concept of the craziness first. Then I Google search a hundred things or like live my life to find things that embellish the crazy. Yeah. And then I try to find pop music that ties it in. Because if you go with the music first, that sometimes does work. But what I found is, is you can make whatever music relatable. The sound clips are already done. You can't, unless you record them, which great, do that. So I go with the crazy concept. Then I find the clips to support the crazy and then tie whatever pop music. Because as long as it's a pop song, people will like it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the time. It's time for tea time. Ooh, tea time with the League um, of Hearts. So you're going to some, spill some tea, share some stories on your favorite sisters, oh. friends, people you've worked with, people you hate. We don't know. We'll see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you'll be the first person to actually give us tea and not say, oh my God, I love this person every single time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We're going to find out. Right. Um, and we've mentioned this first person a couple times, but it's Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho. Um, I love Heidi. Okay. Heidi, <laughs> no, this is not okay. I'm stupid. Actually, so funny story. Um, my leg hurts. So when coming back to New York and wanting to do drag, my dad, dad's idea was like, we need to go to Lips because everyone needs to go to Lips. And at the time, Ruby and Heidi were working. I think Ruby and Heidi were still working there. Um, 
And I saw Heidi Ho's name and, like, followed her on the, on the internet, whatever. And she was, like, at the time, the Manhattan girl. Don't know what happened, but, um, oh, <laughs> kidding. But, like, I was, like, she was one of the girls I was looking up to. And I was, like, that's, like, she's has a career as this. Like, she's professional. She knows what she's doing. She looks like she knows what she's doing, at least. I don't know if she really does. So then I was, like, I really want to work with her. And then I started getting close with her. I don't remember what our first actual conversation ever was. I think I was probably wasted. She was too. But there was just something about our... She's like, I'm a cool mom crazy. And I'm like, my mom was not cool, but I turned out crazy to rebel against her. And something about those crazies just mix up. And I love her. And she's never given me anything about opportunities and nice feedback and critiques and good professional advice. Like, I had a gig... That was treating me disrespectfully. She was there. She saw it firsthand and was like, you can't put yourself through this. You have to put yourself first. So sound advice. Great person. Even better boyfriend. (laughs) Next we have Violet Tendency. Oh my God. Okay. So me and Violet go way back. Um, Me and Violet got close quick. And then (laughs) I just, they needed a job. So I got them a job at the place I was working at the time. This is the job I had before I now do drag full time and she and we were so fucking close at one point it was great we were in best friendship heaven it was amazing it was lovey-dovey we both had the rebellious punk fuck your drag rules i'll do whatever i want i should have prefaced that more and i jumped straight into the bad part of the story but um long story short but beginning of our relationship we were we got each other's vibe. We got each other's. We were had each other's backs. Like I have burnt friendships for them because I was trying. Like you don't understand. I burned bridges for them. Like it was house fires. It wasn't even like yeah. a little bit. So then we were working together, and then the job just didn't turn. Wasn't just wasn't a fit for them, and like they had to get fired from someone else, not for me. But, like, they got fired on Pride, like, the day of the Pride Parade. Oh, no. And, like, that's, like, the most humiliating thing as a queer person because you're, like, you're feeling celebrated and you feel a sense of, sense of pride. So then they will open... I, they could tell the story the different whatever way they want, but this is my podcast, bitch, so I'm gonna be real. They went batshit crazy, burned the bridges with me, made me look like a dumbass, and then we became friends again. And then... On a separate occasion, my drag, one of my drag daughters, who I'm going to not name because it was a messy night for them, um, got, we went, we were out a night out. We went to, I think, Rock Bar? It was, we had all, we had a show at Rock Bar. Me and them and Violet was there. And then we were outside waiting for something. I think Katrina Lovelace was there too, but Katrina had... Like, one foot in the door, out the door, like, was, like, not really... was there, but, like, was just an observer. They had nothing to do with the actual shit that went down. But, um, my drag daughter got so fucking wasted and, like, on drugs or some kind of bullshit to the point where they were incoherent and they were just, like... Like, we were outside. I was, like, oh, I'm gonna call us a car so we can go somewhere. And they saw a taxi. And, like, that's our car now and just ran to the taxi. But while that was going on, someone in the street was cursing out Violet and harassing them. Like, verbally, like, to a point where someone needed to step in. But I kind of just ran because my drag daughter's like, I'm going in a random taxi and I don't know if they have money. I don't know. They're like, I'm going to the cock right now and I'm just going to get crazy. So I'm like, I need to run after her. 
hindsight 2020 i should have made sure violet was okay made sure katrina was like in the situation i didn't know what happened i just ran and at that point violet saw it as i was ready to let someone attack them which hindsight 2020 we've had this conversation we've bygones we've got bygones but yeah we hated each other for a little bit and it was public it was gross it was very he said she said they said whatever said public facebook lives public this public that public back and forth it was very nasty we're not as close as we once were but we're getting back there and it's okay and you told violet iconic was a good fit i did i actually was yeah i was the one who told violet to iconic because i feel like it gave for them especially like it just lets you like look at for me too like it lets you look at different sides of yourself because i have such a hard aesthetic that like i'm like i can't do other things and like Apparently I can. Next we have Allegra White. We hosted something together once. It was good. I steamrolled the fuck out of her. You used her as a piano? I used her as a piano. I steamrolled the fuck out of her. She is such a nice person. Very soft-spoken. Very cute boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, all I remember was steamrolling them. I'm sorry, girl. I should have given you more mic time. Next, we have Aria Derchi. Oh, Aria, who, her. <laughs> For those who don't know, I just winked. Um, Aria is one of my newer, newest, new, not the newest favorite new drag queens. Like, I usually, I'm not gonna lie, some most, like, 10, 10 times out of 10, 20 times out of 10, most baby queens. Not all. There's a handful that I cherish and love. But for the first time I meet them, rub me the complete wrong way. Because you need that attitude. You need that spunk. And I was literally, for the first year of me doing drag, I was an asshole. But I'm just saying, there's certain people who just rub me the wrong way. New queens. Sometimes it happens. You just need to be confident. I understand. Whatever. Arya is one of the newest drag que- newer drag queens on the block. Whatever. Or, like, she's getting her second, third, fourth year. Like, she's getting up, climbing, Whatever. I just fucking love her. She's insane. She doesn't give up. She has such a brilliance when it comes to making mixes and working. I'm so happy she's my new DJ. Um, yeah, I just really love her. She's a shit starter though, and she doesn't give a fuck. And she like will. She loves pressing your buttons, yeah. but like she does it with such a non malicious intent that it's okay. But she's a shit starter. Okay, I love her though. Next up is Pussy Willow. That's the reason why I hired Aria. I just wanted to see Pussy Willow more often. Honestly. <laughs> I even told her, I was like, if you don't bring Pussy with you at least once a month, you're contractually obligated, otherwise you get fired. I love Pussy Willow because she is she is quintessential like Manhattan drag, but she's not because of who she is. Right. So like and that's not something like that she you can control and that's not something I'm not gonna openly I'm gonna openly talk about in the podcast because it's not my thing to talk about. But like she is quintessential Manhattan drag, but on its head. And I love that. And then also, she is, <laughs> she cleans up Arya's shit stirring, but will point out what Arya should start and be like, tee hee hee, tee hee hee, and then keep cleaning it. Next is Fifi Dubois. <laughs> I love Fifi. Um, Fifi is incredible, talented, amazing. We don't have the same thinking at all. Like, I have, as someone who's physically sat down, 
Fifi judged me during Iconic, and I think she judged me not as good as the other girls because I'm not a pageant queen, and I will openly say that, and if she wants to have a conversation about it like adults, that's fine. I've never asked her about it, don't really care to talk about it because it's in the past. That being said, we have physically judged together at um, Polish the Queen when I was still working there on Tuesdays. It was, I miss my Polish the Queen family a lot. And Fifi is one of the biggest hearted people. Like, we literally one day stood after. So the show ended around like 1. We were at the bar to like, we were at the Stonewall to like 4.30 talking about Disney World. Yeah. Like, we're the same. I love Disney World. She's the biggest Disney gay. I'm the biggest Disney gay. It was great. But, have um, you met me though? Yeah, but you're mean. Um... Because you ignore me for Seraphim too much. Um, <laughs> you don't think I can get through my own podcast without making that joke once? But no. So, sat next to Fifi while ju- ju- judging Polish the Queen. And watching how her brain thinks when it comes to judging things. We're two totally different brain types. And we categorize things differently. But that's okay. Because honestly, she's been through how many crown competition yeah. things and have won so many so she knows what she's saying she knows what she is doing we just have different thinking yeah. patterns it's fine and, and sometimes pageants are different than bar competitions so it's 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 an interesting battle yeah but it's i mean honestly like no hard feelings just no, not at all yeah cool next is someone you mentioned before madam vivian b she is a psychopathic crazy cunt she's self-centered she's vile She's rude, and I don't know what I would do without her in my life. She's one of my closest sisters. I love her more than anything. Um, we kind of, when we work together, we have that, like, she'll point out, like, what well, we trash each other. Like, we will yeah. trash each other, but in, like, the most <laughs> loving way. It's She's the one, um, she's never done anything with ill intent towards me. Like, we've only ever helped each other up, and, like, she is a business woman like quintessential business woman like she has built herself from the ground up she's not looking back she's only climbing higher and i'm like knock on wood we're gonna see her on drag race within the next two seasons hands down nice next is someone who is probably scrubbing the podcast to get to this point um and then they'll go back and listen to it um but we're gonna talk about coco taylor okay i mean we're not the closest to drag sisters like i don't we don't really see each other more than once a year for Miss Rockbar, or if I'm at Rockbar for a guest or someone else. Um, she's good. She does good things. I mean, I've seen her show before. She knows what she's doing for what she does. Um, that's demeaning what she does. She's a live. She live sings, right? No. Oh, I thought she liked she, she does sweet transvestite. I do like her mixes. Her mixes are funny. And she has a different... Another person with a different thinking than I have. So I do appreciate that. Um, yeah. Came out of nowhere for Rock Bar. Good for her. Like, kind of like... Derooted what... Not derooted. Like, she... She changed she the did. game. She derooted the drag scene at Rock Bar and then rerooted a whole other thing and came out of left field with it. And she's doing the thing. She's another businesswoman. She's did what she had to do and did it. Here's another Rock Bar lady. Mm-hmm. Bella Noche. She's the fucking kind. She's ruthless. Doesn't deserve to host. She does the same mix every time. But I love her because she's my sister. No, I like Bella. Um... 
Bella's another one of the drag queens who, like, saw how I thought and loved, like, we, the first time we met each other was at Glow, before Rebar was Rebar, when Rebar was still G Lounge, and we met at Glow for the first time, and we, like, hung out for a minute, and, like, we, like, were, like, kind of, like, the hee-hee, like, oh, Manhattan drag queen, we have to be nice, whatever, but, like, the quick under, the things we were saying each other, under each other's breath, we, like, heard and, like, got along over that, making fun of random things, and kind of, like, sat a day to sit down, hung out, I started doing her, I did her West End brunch, we, like, did little shows here and there together, and just, like, just grew together, because, like, we're both really sarcastic assholes, who both shop at Amazon.com and pretend it's custom-made, like, it's... <laughs> Twins. Yeah. Next up, Jesse James. Jesse, oh, baby. Mm, I miss Jesse a lot. I do. I've shat on Jesse so much. Like, I literally have. I'm surprised Jesse's still breathing. Um, <laughs> I'm probably the single one of the, like, 50% have, like, killed their confidence. Like, 50% of the death is related to me. Um, no, Jesse was my interim DJ at. Not interim was my DJ at Thick Tuesdays, but also before that, we've worked together for so long. Um, we are good friends, or we don't talk as much as we used to because they're going through a lot, and I wanted to give them space. But um, yeah, no, just really loved her. But like, she's a drag queen, she's not a DJ. But also, so is Arya, she's a drag queen, not a DJ. But at the same time, nightlife is so much. So like, they do what they needed to do. They did what they did. And, like, the, she was really good at her job. I shat on her a lot because there were technical issues or there were, like, little issues that I didn't get and that got me frustrated. I have a very bad temper. I, like, when if something... You no way. Fuck you. If something is not going my way and, like, if it's, like... But if it's something's not going my way and it's, like, my name is on it, that pisses me off. Like, if it's a situation, like, where we're, like, having a general conversation, I'm not going to get, like overworked and as crazy as it would if it's like this is Zalika Parsons like her name is on it like she's gonna like at the end of the day if my name is on it and it's looking bad to an audience like sure I'm gonna get mad and that happened a lot and like I'm working on that I haven't yelled at Ariel once that's good yeah it's only been two weeks but you know like I've been working on it but um I do genuinely do miss Jesse, and I hope I see more of them before they move Next, we have a two-for-one special. Oh, God. Angel Electra and Shady Pines. Oh, my babies. Shady Pines is one of my new drag daughters. She's not the one I talked about in the story about Rock Bar. She is not. She has... She, Shady has her shit together. Um, Shady Pines is my drag baby, and I love it because whenever I tell people she's my drag daughter, then she's older than me. It makes me look more successful than I really am because <laughs> it looks like that I really know what I'm doing, and I love that. Um, everyone hated them. And when everyone hated them, that's their own story to tell. But, like, I saw them for who they were while everyone was hating on them. And at first I was, like, in the no crowd. But then we had a conversation, sat down, we're all adults. And I was, like, I saw that they're doing this for the good intent. Let me befriend them. We, of course, have had our own fights and our own ups and downs and battles and boots and whatever. I don't, I just, I saw what Shade was doing. I mean, we had a general conversation and I was, like, I don't mean this in a demeaning way. But, like, you're doing drag for the right reasons. We have a similar performance style. You're batshit crazy. I'm batshit crazy. Do you want to be related? And it just went from there. Um, 
yes, me and Angel are not related. She will make sure she she will make sure <laughs> you know that. Um, but no, she she does sometimes say that's my mother in law is like a joke or whatever. But like, what they're doing with Drag Queen Story Hour and what they're doing in their borough, like, bitch, like you can't say they didn't work hard for their shit. They worked very hard for their shit. But if either of them look at me the wrong way, I'll throw a chair at them. There you go. Simple as that. Next, we have everyone's favorite false meth head, Patsy and Decline. <laughs> oh, Patsy. Oh. She was like the Grace Adler of season two of Iconic. What does that mean? Do you know Grace from Lone Grace, that yeah. character? That's who she was. Okay, interesting. We're going to have to analyze that for a second, but okay. Mm-hmm. That's all I, I got. That's all I got. I don't really, we're not really. Like, I'll, it's just going to sound really mean, and I don't mean it in a mean way, but me, my relationship with a lot of the Iconic girls, not a lot, maybe half, a good half, was we did the competition together, okay, bye. That's it. And the only reasons why I'll ever see them is if I visit Astoria, or if one of their friends are in my shows, and then we're pet in passing. That's fair. Well, from meth to pot, Lacey Stoner. Haven't seen her since Iconic. Yeah, never. I mean, we were close before Iconic. I did the show Legendary with them, but um, have not seen them since Iconic. Right. How about Megami? I love Megami. Oh, okay. Megami. So me and Megami were close before Iconic because I did Megami's show. I've had Megami for Thick Tuesday. She and um, Zavaleta were actually my first guests for Thick Tuesdays. It was one of the most fun nights of drag I've ever had. They literally listened, followed my lead, and everything was great. Um, no, yeah, I love Megami. <laughs> I don't understand how she's such, like, before she did drag and had facial hair and was, like, a gym rat, she was, like, this, like, little daddy, and now she's, like, the woman that she is. It's really funny. Um, no, I love Megami. Anytime she needs any, we, we still talk here and there. Instagram games is fun. Um, but, yeah, no, I love Megami. That's it. Oh, and her cosplays are sick. Yeah, they're incredible. Next, we have Audrey Phoenix. I, from the beginning of time, when I first met Audrey, she was a quiet little rat. <laughs> and then we started doing Iconic together. And then she started pissing me off because I thought she was one of the fakest people I've ever met. Because, it, and I'm not, I mean, listen, like, I'm, I this, I this, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be nice in a minute, don't worry. But, um, I just thought, because... In a, especially in like a competition setting, you have someone who's like the, oh, we're all going to get out of the forest and it's going to be great. We're going to be happy with sunshine and butterflies. And, uh, like she hurt, like, I don't, what is it? Like not tone, but like the way she speak, like her speech pattern, her cadence. her cadence is of a Disney girl, like a Disney character who's, we're all going to have rainbows and butterflies and everything's going to be great, whatever. But then like, there's a switch that flips. To where she turns to Frankenstein's monster and she's like, this is my product and I'm doing my art and da 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 da. And like, it, she goes from Disney character to serial killer in three seconds flat and you just don't know. It rubs you the wrong way because you think the Disney character part is fake because the, the, the like, the, the termination's there. So I from thought that made her fake, which apparently she's not because after seeing her outside of Iconic and getting to talk to her like after the show and after everything, she is a, believe it or not, a real human. I didn't know. I thought it was just a Disney, like a new Disney attraction that like a hologram came out and it was Audrey Phoenix and they're just trying to take over the drag scene, but apparently not. So that was mean. I'm really mean. But yeah, she's good, I guess. She's fun. 
I love oh Audrey drunk. That is pff, this that was subsection A. Subsection B Audrey drunk. I would pay to I literally would buy her a full bottle of any alcohol of choice if I had to get to watch her wa- drink it. Maybe we should make that happen. That's the next deter- extermination challenge. Buy Audrey as much alcohol as she wants. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, next up, and I'm probably already regretting it, um, Seraphim. Kind of the same thing with uh, with Audrey, except but Seraphim was always just really quiet. So, like, I always thought, like, she hated everyone. But then you heard her speak. So then I started openly joking and making fun of her to her face. To which she tried to rebut and be cute, but it was really not funny. I don't know if y'all know this. Seraphim is not funny. She is not funny. But, um, yeah. In the beginning, we just really, I just, it rubs me. Okay, so the Pearl kind of drag rubs me the wrong way no matter what. Pearl, yeah, whatever. She's not going to listen to this. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. But, um, because she's a pop star now. No one gives, does anyone Pearl know where she is? Like, she tried to make a reinsurgence on YouTube and then she died again. I don't know. Who cares? But, um, like the aesthetic, like the new Drag Race Girl aesthetic kind of bullshit where every, all the drag queens were carbon copy and looked the same for the longest time has rubbed me the wrong way. I don't give a fuck. And that's what I saw when I first met Seraphim. So I was like, great, another skinny girl wearing one color and really long hair with the cut crease floaty eye thing and the same lip shape and the I perform like a robot. Ooh, it's so original. That always rubbed me the wrong way. But when you get to see the human behind Seraphim and the, like the nerd that is Seraphim and like you actually get to spend more than 10 minutes with Seraphim and if you only get to look at her, I'm sorry. But if you actually get to spend time with her, it melted my cold, dead heart and I actually saw that there was a human behind her and then she's actually a genuinely nice person. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we have to end it with your original ride and dime, Alec Knox. Wow, she made it to the podcast, girl. Look at you made it. You made it to a podcast. Look at you, bitch. You making it. Um, one of the most interesting people I know, one of the most annoying people I know, a lot of actual people that I know, <laughs> they seem coming like, is that annoying Alec? I'm like, that is. Um, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no. One of my rider dies from the get-go, Dab. Um... I did actually dab when I said that for the listeners at home. We've just been through so much that, like, I couldn't imagine my life without him at this point. Because, like, through the ups to downs, like, I have, points have used him as a human stress doll. Like, yelling, like, literally, like, I have probably, part of the reason why he goes to see therapists is me. Because I am that much of, you thought, fuck the big picture, Cliff was the, like, no. Or whatever the guy's name is. But, like, I... Clint, that's his name. I treated that kid like shit. So the fact that we're still friends is he's probably stupid or something. I don't know. But um, through thick and thin, always there for me. Always like is the same is not the same kind of crazy, but is like a good a good reflection of the crazy and helps me through. If at any time I need anything, I text him and he's there. Thirty minutes later, well, an hour later, he lives far away. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, but couldn't imagine my life without him. And, like, he always, like, is, like, telling me, oh, I'm just so proud of where you are and where you come from. Like, for people who don't know, he we had the same similar story. We both went to Hunter, both wanted to do knife, both went into nightlife. He um had to drop out for medical reasons. No choice. 
took a year or two off and then like against advisement people were like oh you should just take another year off went back to school he's like a full medical student now working in hospitals and shit like he's gonna have a lot of money and like a ceo job and like have a husband and shit and i'm gonna be cross-dressed and trying to be on a reality tv show that amazon fucking fucks over so like i mean he's doing the real miracle works i'm just so when he has like a penthouse apartment you're gonna ask for a room a little bit yeah. Yeah. We made the agreement that if by 32, I think by me, because I'm young, I'm younger. So it returns 32 first. If we're still single, we're just going to get married for the benefits. Yeah. Um, I um, need to do that kind of deal by the time I'm 35. So if there's anyone listening who wants to marry me, if I'm, if I'm, when I'm single at 35. Um, all right. So next question is, how far will you go in drag? I mean, I went to Boston for a drag show once. <laughs> I did drag in Boston once at a house party. I mean, no, you throw yourself around. You do things that are wild. You are kind of the epitome of what Dragula likes in their queens, theoretically, on paper. Send this to them. Make this my next audition tape. God damn it. Um, Is there anything you won't do? If as long as I'm not hurting a family member, that'll do it. Like, as long as it's not physically causing a family member pain, which my mom, if she hears the origin story of my name, I'm fucked already. But, um, no, like, I literally, I don't think there's anything I wouldn't do in drag. And I actually, um, have proved so in drag before. Like, I've done drag performances where people are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Not anything, like, too, too crazy, but, like, I mean, I'm not going to even name the things. If you want to see it, message me. I'll give you the list of crazy shit I've done in drag. There's nothing I would not do in drag as long as I'm not physically hurting a family member or hurting someone without their consent. I'm game. What is one personal fact about you that your fans... Oh, and I also want my own eyeliner. I'm sorry. Like, I really want my own eyeliner. That's, I want to be on Dragula, obviously. We've had that conversation. I want my own eyeliner, and I want to tour more than anything. Not for the fame, just to actually do drag in other places and get to see drag in other cities. Right, like, that's I a don't, good ambition. I don't ever want to be, like, like, Bianca Del Rio status or Bob the Drag Queen status because, like... Or Monet, like... I actually kind of want to be Monet, Having a talk show would be fun. But I do want my own eyeliner. And I want... It's going to be a three-piece set. And it's going to be different triangle jokes. And it's going to be great. Nice. Yeah. Well, what is one personal fact about you that your fans wouldn't know? I used to be a preschool teacher. There you go. I don't talk about that a lot. I used to be a preschool teacher. I went to vocational high school where you had to be a preschool teacher to for um, child care. I went for child-related careers. I was either going to go for that or visual performing arts, but I said to the guy who was doing the, um, you had to take an interview to get into school, and he was like, so you basically are shooing for either one. What would you rather do, visual performing arts or child-related careers? And I was like, well, to be honest with you, child-related careers sound more practical, so let me go with that. Oops. Who'd have known? Who'd have thunk it that I'd be here? So yeah, I was a preschool teacher. And I feel like that's kind of a cop out. So if I think of something more interesting, I'll blurt it out. I opened the podcast saying you invented triangles. What is the origin of the triangles? This is the most fun story to tell because it's really stupid. Okay, so 
originally when doing drag, I used to just throw random shit on my face. Like, it was always avant-garde. It was over-the-top crazy. Partially because I like making people think and, like, have them tell me what they think I look like. I always think that's the most fun is when someone, like, some people get offended and we're like, oh, you look like this drag queen, you look like this. Like, no, I, like, love it. Love it. Like, because you're thinking we're on this, it's a conversation starter. But then, um, out of nowhere, I had it was given a show in Queens from... Aja herself from Drag Race. Not a lot of people know that we used to be kind of close. No autographs, please. I will no autographs. Please stop taking photos. Thank you. Um, but yeah, there Were was. Were you a, in the house? That's another conversation <laughs> for another time. Okay, listen. But anyway, to the question you asked already, because I'm just gonna stay on topic. Thank you. Was, so I was like, she was. I, I got a show in Queens, and she was like, I'm not trying to be offensive. But if you want to get a show, you need to start putting, like, fishier or, like, putting better, like, not fishy because I don't want to piss off Hollow's Eve. But you have to do more, like, better makeup. And I was like, okay. So I was trying to do my eyeliner in the shape of devil horns. Uh-huh. Because I wanted to be, like, a kitschy, like, I'm cute, but I'm also devilish. So I did that. And I sat down at a table. And I shit you not, it was Aja Momo. King Ivy, Ivy Fry at the time, but King Ivy now, and another girl. Her name was Christy. She does the. She won one of the monster look queen prelims, but no one. I talked to her like a months ago, but she doesn't really do drag anymore. And I was sitting at the table, and and and, it, and Harajuku, and I think Harajuku was there, and all of these bitches were going around, letting me have it about my makeup. You need to make sharper lines. You need to make sharper. Li- oh, and Sunday Lush. She doesn't do drag anymore. But her name was Sunday Lush at the time. And all, shout out Tony, you don't do drag anymore, but you worked at Sephora, bitch, hold it down. And everyone's like, you need to do sharper lines, you need to do sharper lines, sharper lines. And I was like, if I do my lines any fucking sharper for these devil horns, they'll be fucking triangles. And in the moment, I was like, let me do it just to piss these bitches off. And I did it, and I thought I was the funniest person for doing it. I was like, I'm gonna fucking do triangles to piss all these bitches off. And then I did triangles, and it just was it stupid. Stuck. It was it so stuck. stupid that it stuck. And then, yeah. So we're going to move into the pop five rapid fire. Pop five, five, five. Um, so I'm going to give you five pop culture type things. And you're going to say a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about. You ready? Uh, this is, I don't understand it, but okay. So the first thing is Kim Petras's turn off the light. I don't like Kim Petras. There you go. You offended a lot of um, homos. I don't understand how she's still working with Dr. Luke after the whole cash thing. That's my personal opinion. That's it on it. Oh, that's what I have to do? I just give... Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's like hot topic. Yeah. Like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Ooh, ooh. Cool. Number two is Donald Trump and the giant impeachment. We literally, I shit you not, the minute I found out this out, that information out, it was on a Tuesday and I started my show off. I'm like, I normally do a big dance number. I normally, I'm like, oh, we're going to just go straight into games and stuff. But I made everyone raise their cups in the air and we cheers that that shit started. Yeah. Uh, number three is something that you had mentioned to me earlier, not in the podcast, um, but is something that I was going to ask you about anyway, because I haven't seen the latest episode, but we're going to talk about number three is The Masked Singer. I have my notes. Hold on. <laughs> I have notes. And no, don't worry. We're not starting a Masked Singer podcast notes. yet. You should have, because I would do it every fucking week. We could watch the damn show. I'm, cause I'm, it's, it sounds stupid, but I'm, I'm normally, I know to be off Wednesdays, because all my, the challenge is on. Yeah. Mass Singers on nope. and American Horror Story. Yeah. So okay. So my theories are. 
The butterfly, I'm thinking, is Fantasia. They're kind of saying Diana Ross, but I'm not sure. The egg was Johnny Weir. We knew that. Thingamajig is definitely Wayne Brady. Skeleton, Martin Short. I kind of thought it was going to be Penn or Teller. I thought it was um, uh, Cheech Marin. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Cheech too, but I think it's either Penn or Teller because the whole magic thing. I think uh, because they had Tommy Chong last year, I think it's Cheech Marin. It would make sense. I think the ladybug is Jamie Lynn Spears. The Rottweiler, I think, is J.C. Chazé because they had um, Joey Fatone last year. The tree, I personally think, is the mom from the Goldbergs, but a lot of people have different ideas. Like, someone thought it was going to be Elvira, but it can't be Elvira because she has another TV show she's contractually. Well, that's why I think uh, Wendy McCullough, um, what's her face, can't do it because she's ABC. Yeah. So, ice cream was that guy that no one cares about. I think the Black Widow is Santana from Glee. Okay. Because the song she sang, Just Want to Dance with Somebody, she also did on Glee. It and sounds I, like it. it sounds exactly the same. The only difference is they didn't use auto tune. And in her package, she said that she wanted to show who she was without like changes. And I'm like, well, the change would be auto tune. So, that would sure. be like an on the nose kind of thing. Um, the Leopard, I have actually have no idea. I thought it was Seal. A little bit, because Seal kind of has like a whimsy to one. He's like a little. If you watch Seal perform, he's a little more femme when he performs, yeah. which is great. Um, the fling flamingo is definitely Adriana Houghton from the talk. She was a cheater girl, so she does the singing exactly, and she's also a YouTuber who does beauty and different things. She's, so it's definitely her. And then the panda, we found out. I haven't watched the episode, so don't tell me. Um, the panda. Oh, I'm sorry. We found out who the panda is. I'm sorry. I'm a dick, but I won't say who it is. That's fine. But it's really obvious. Okay. The minute you hear the voice, you should know who it is on the pack. If you, like, go to the clues and shit, it's really obvious. But yeah. Mass Singer is the shit. If you're not watching it, please watch it. Um, Ariel Ariel Italic has a Facebook group. Oh, that's nice. And it's a whole bunch of people just talking about it. I won't add you until you watch the next episode, because we do post I'll try to do it tonight. Number four is JLo and Shakira are announced the Super Bowl halftime show. Are you prepared to do their halftime show at your shows now? Um, for those who don't know, I do the entirety of the Lady Gaga Super Bowl halftime show for $40 at my show. I stole that from Logan Hardcore. Sorry, not sorry, because she does the Beyonce for 100 but I know my worth, so 40 is fine. Um, which I felt bad someone wanted me to do last week, but I couldn't kiss my knee. But, um, yes. So I think JLo should have gotten it by herself. I don't I understand agree. why Shakira's doing it. Unless they have like a single coming out that they're like doing duet, the it should just be the JLo show. Unless it's just the duet thing, or if um, Shakira is now more internationally famous than she was just America famous last Fair. time, so that kind of makes sense if they're doing like an international theme vibe. Mm-hmm. I get. Um, I really want for Africa. Don't okay. I hate that song because the Alec literally Alec Knox. Whenever we have a conversation, I can show you our text. Every other thing is waka waka, waka eh eh, or like different variations of like one time I got bored and I was like Shana Shana Mendes Shana Shana Mendes. I don't understand myself either. I don't like Shana Mendes, but um, when you say J Lo and Shaquilla Super Bowl, the first thing that comes to my mind is I want to see the movie Hustlers so bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And number five, Big Brother Twenty One. Did you put your audition tape together yet, Michael? Yeah, I haven't. Because I want to include a clip of something at Iconic that I can throw into there. Uh, so I have to find the right moment to do that. Uh, we could stage something. That's kind of what I'm going You're going to stage something. It's I have to figure out when to do it. I really hope they put in a twist, like bringing people back. I like, you know we're all tired of bringing people back. 
But, like, I want them to do, like, a Hunger Games version where they take, like, all the people who went home first. That'd be fun. Or, no, like... I, I really think... Or international... Oh, my God. I they... 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 They dropped the ball this season by having people who may or may not have known each other intimately, friendly, whatever. But not making it a twist. Right. I think go back to season six, have six or seven pairs where they all think they're the only one, mm-hmm. and then let them figure it out. Oh, wait, it's the twist again. Because if you go back in the history of Big Brother, season six is one of the greatest seasons ever. I also really like the secret twists. Like, yeah. when there's twists that it's not public. Like, the twins were yeah. a good twist for a go while. Go back to the early seasons of Big Brother, understand why that was the prime of the show. Fuck the social media aspect. Screw putting people who don't know the show on. Let us have our show back. Yeah, I just, I've really missed the secret twists that we don't know, like, no, it's not like a public twist. Um, I feel like, it, like, cause like the challenge, uh, challenge is my shit. Um, they're doing War of the Worlds, which is all the different reality TV shows from different parts of the world yeah. coming together. If they did something along those lines, like, did like different Big Brother winners or maybe even had like Courtney Act, like different. Just... I mean, Big Brother Canada 4 did that, did that? They did? Yeah, they had um, uh, the a player from uh, Britain and one player from Australia huh. in it. Was but it, it was good? a public vote where um, Jace from season five... Oh, didn't one of them win? Uh, no. Oh. But Jace from season five was in the mix. Two people were thrown into the house, um, and it was Nikki and what's his, and Tim. Who mm. were, uh, and it was a great season with the two of them in there. See, I feel like something like that would be great. Especially because if you get people from Big Brother, like UK... The original Big Brother, like the original Big Brother, they don't have the kind of gameplay like the games that no, we have. Game. Yeah. So I feel like that'd be really interesting. Are you ready for the fan corner questions? Do I have fans? Do I have a corner? Do I have um, questions? So the first question is the typical question from Pussy Willow: Which New York City queen would you kai kai with? <laughs> the typical. Um. I flirt with Virginia Thick every time we're in the same room together, so I feel like I'm obligated to say her. Because it's awkward if I don't publicly message, message mention that I would do scary things to her. Um, petrified is always re- is really cute too, and mm-hmm. he's a sweetheart. Um, but the other thing is, I actually this is gonna sound really crazy. I have Kai Kai with drag queens, but I could actually never date a drag queen because the jealousy aspect. That's fair. I, I I appreciate that you can admit that. Like, I can admit that I can probably never date someone in nightlife because I'd always be like, yeah, but my events are more important and we need to focus on... Because, like, when you're in a relationship, like, you need that kind of, like, codependency. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know how Angel and Shay do it. They're, yeah. they're a match made in heaven. Um, This question came in from Emmy Great. Oh, no. And the question is... No, it's going to be about Miss BK me getting drunk no. and eating her chicken. No, it's... The question is, why is she like this? Why am I like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, some people are based off talent and grace and needing to do their own thing in their own upbringing and make themselves who they are by fighting and trying and then other people just do what you do and bitch and moan until they get what they want. So fuck you, I mean, great. I don't know why people like her. I really don't. It's not even a joke at this point. All right. Well, I had my previous guest ask my current guest question. I love you. Don't hate me. This question Don't is... Don't get me banned from Brooklyn. <laughs> well, this question is from Brenda. Brenda? Brenda, Brenda. Okay. Um, what scares you the most about drag? Ooh. 
the uncertainty, the not knowing. Mm-hmm. Like, I do, you, like, it's weird because as a, when you're a child, there's, like, that not knowing. So, like, you have that, like, freedom to do what you want. And that's kind of what drag gives you, like, the not knowing and stuff. But just the not knowing of, like, tomorrow, like, one of the bars I work at could shut down. It's true. Or tomorrow... Or in the same retrospect tomorrow, the bar that I work at could be expanding and they want me to host a new brunch show. Like, it's like, yeah. it's such a monopolized thing and I, like, love it. So not knowing is crazy. It's well, now great. it's your turn to ask my next guest question. Who's your next guest? You don't get to know. But I have to ask a question. Exactly. Oh. Oh, that's right now? Like, right now? Right, right now? now. Uh... It can be about anything you want. Hmm. This noise is totally making the podcast. Okay, I got a good one. Because I guess this is a good question for you to make your get for your guest. If you could be on one television show as your drag persona, you have to do the whole show as your drag persona. Could be a game show, could be a reality show, could be a regular show, whatever. Other than Drag Race, other than Dracula, other than Camp on Kiki, what show would you think your drag character would be good on and what show would you want to be on? Oh, I love that. I like Thank that. You. Well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use t- hashtag Team Triangles. That's me. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on social media at, at Zalika Parsons. Z is in zebra, A is in anal, L is in licking, I is in incest, K is in kangaroo, and A is in the second letter of Zalika. Fuck it up that time. Parsons is the school of design, so Zalika Parsons, even though I've never designed a thing in my life, you can find me at Venmo as at tip the drag queen, tip is in penis, the drag queen is in me, and on Facebook as Zalika Parsons, you can also catch me Tuesdays at Thick Tuesdays, Vodka Soda Bottoms Up, 46th Street and something, I don't know, it's kind of by the Scientology building, that's why my aria is DJ's aria dirty. Yeah. Scientology joke. We actually have yet to make any Scientology jokes, and she's my DJ now. Wow. I need to work on that. Um, you can generally catch me at House of Yes over the weekend, sometimes Fridays and Saturdays. Definitely there the second Wednesday. Um, I will be back hosting Drag Race, regular Drag Race at the well, but for now, I am tentatively. I'm going to space this out so you can edit it out if it's not true, or you can keep it in because it's funny. <laughs> At the Phoenix in the village on 13th Street and Avenue C, I think. I don't know. You can, you can use your phones or find me on Instagram. For Drag Race UK, I think that's all I do right now. I feel like I do more than that, but I really don't do anything. I'm tired. Well, it's a pleasure having you. It's a pleasure being me. I'm kidding. That's a dick move. Thank you for having me. And before we sign out, there's one last thing I need to say. Uh Uh-oh, I'm scared. If you can't hate me, how in the hell are you going to hate yourself? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. The biggest thanks to Zalika for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaternow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. (laughs) 